Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in on a uh, Tuesday. Nick, Jimmy, and Gary here for you. As uh, We are in the middle of uh, March Madness, and I believe that I have uh, completely lost my mind. Waking up this morning. What's the first thing you both Already? Did? Both of you guys did this morning when you woke up. First thing. Don't even hesitate. First, first thing. thing I did was... Uh, don't say get out of bed. Well, no. That's I, a given. First thing I did would be go to the bathroom. Okay. I celebrated that I got every last damn minute until the alarm went off. I woke up one minute before the alarm went off. I was like, not even planned. Uh, see, so you guys are a little bit still young with this schedule. So my body clock is... Probably just completely destroyed for doing mornings for this long, uh, but I don't I don't sleep to the alarm anymore. Like I, like I was, oh, I get that. Nine minutes before I woke up and I looked and I was like, and I kind of tried to gauge what time it was, and I yeah. was like, uh, okay. So you guys did all of that. I think this is where March Madness has affected me. The first thing I did, as you know, they tell you to help your sleep. You're not supposed to have your phone in bed. Yeah, um, but. I do. distract you. I do. Someday I'll learn. Uh, as I immediately looked up and introduced myself to a gentleman by the name of John Templin. And you guys probably have never heard that name before. No. Most people have no idea who this person is. Heck, I don't even know who this person is. I've never met him. I've never talked to him. He is a bracketologist for the NIT. Oh, oh, okay. So okay. Got, have, good you, guy to know, though. You have our mockers and you have our bracketologists. But then, what level is somebody that does a <laughs> bracketology for the NIT? So, this guy does it and he's been doing it for a while. So, that's the first thing I checked this morning. Mm-hmm. And then I think I probably should have checked my life and thought, <laughs> what am I doing that at four o'clock this morning, I'm looking to see what projections are on the NIT. After a night where I sat and watched basketball and saw teams like Hofstra and Youngstown State, who would be I don't know, number one seeds in their conference tournament, respectively, get knocked out. And I'm trying to figure out in my head, who are NIT bid stealers? <laughs> and so I'm looking at John's old uh, updated bracket. I didn't go to Lenardi. I didn't go to Tim Kruger. I didn't go to Shelby Mass to see what last night did to their brackets. I went to the NIT bracket. And lo and behold, he's got Nebraska as a four seed hosting Villanova. There oh, you go. Whoa. Whoa. Who is this guy? There's a lot to unpack there. So I mean, this, I, this guy, this this guy is deep into his uh, his metrics on trying to figure out the field of 32 for the NIT. But there were there were some bid stealers last night that were regular season champions that are guaranteed a berth in the NIT if they don't get the NCAA yeah. auto spot that lost their what four or five. But in this guy's bracketology for the NIT. He's still got Nebraska in it as a number four seed playing host to Villanova. And by the way, the way he played it out is if Nebraska would win. And, and by the way, this is a, a big if. they got they got to win on Wednesday night against Minnesota in a tournament that right. Fred Hoiberg has never won, and he's 0-3. 
is they could play San Jose State in the next round. But he not only has Nebraska as a four seed, he has them hosting. <laughs> His Twitter handle is NYBuckets. That's even better. I'm a, I gotta I gotta reach out to this guy because yeah. I'm wondering if he's upset because they've taken the NIT out of New York City. Yeah. I mean when your handle is NY Buckets, there's obviously uh there, there's there's a connection there to MSG. Uh then I was looking at the is it the Barking Crow? No, I don't I don't go to the Barking Crow. Yeah, the Barking Crow doesn't know. they have no Nebraska for, for, representation. For, for people that are familiar with NIT bracketologists, who is more accurate? The John fella, or what'd you say? The barking, the barking crow. Yeah, the barking crow. Are they any relation to the counting? Crows? That's what I'm. That's what I, I thought. I'm, I'm trying to. I, I need like, to do maybe a commercial break to do a, uh, a deeper dive on this. Isn't the uh, lead singer of the Counting Crows a huge uh, uh, Cal Berkeley fan? Well, he loves Omaha too. So there's something there. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll entertain John Templins or at. And why buckets? Because, hey, that's the result we want. That's exactly what we want to see. NIT bracketology, like, I wonder, see, was this wasn't the first. I, I get the feeling this wasn't the first time you uh, have checked in on John Templin. Uh, well, I saw somebody tweeted yesterday that okay. he was talking about the NIT bracket. Now, now here's the simple math. I, I, I will stick to this again. Nebraska's got to win tomorrow night against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. First of all, this is glorious. This is so epic sports talk radio right now on March 7th. We're talking about NIT. Either, either this is like, like a great sports talk topic at 612, or this is where Nebraska basketball is. You got to start somewhere. So, again. We've hit rock bottom. Nebraska has to. No, 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 no. They won six of eight, and five of those wins are going to be over teams that could be in the NCAA tournament. Oh, no, I'm talking about a morning content. Rock right bottom. Now. Go to your rock bottom brewery. This ain't a rock bottom basketball <laughs> program, my friend. So, you got to win tomorrow night. And again, Fred Hoiberg has never won in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. There's stuff about the interior that Minnesota could worry you. And Nebraska did go one and one against uh, Minnesota, so points and pain will be important. Pain and battle in Garcia and who has one foot out the door in Minnesota, all of that. We'll get into that tomorrow when we uh, preview the game. I still contend that Nebraska basketball wins one game. They're in the NIT. Just one game. They would, If they won tomorrow night, they'd play Maryland. So they'd have 17 wins. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets them into the NIT. Yep. I don't know that that ensures them a home game. You know, and, and the formula for like the NIT is all over the place. You know, do you have to be 500? Do you not have to be 500? Do they rely on money? Um, you know, they do, take, they do take the money and they disperse it among the 32 teams that are in the NIT how important that is to having a big gate, storylines, having a committee, what is the net, which the net is getting run through the ringer like it usually does this week leading up to Selection Sunday. It It was supposed to be a sorting tool. Now, all of a sudden, in the last two weeks, it's like the end all be all. Yeah. That the net is the thing. And in the net, Nebraska doesn't show up very well, but keep an eye on the KPI because I've looked deeper into the NIT and they like the KPI. But here's the simple math for me, for Nebraska in playing next week, which if they do play in the NIT, they could be playing next Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a week from tonight, Nebraska basketball could be playing in the postseason, but they got to win tomorrow night. I know right. winning is hard. So they win tomorrow night, and then you guys just want to get giddy? Well, yeah. Do you just want to, do you want me to warm your cockles right out of bed oh, in the oh, morning? Oh, okay. Yeah. If they win twice, so they would beat Maryland on Thursday. Then that 
not only you're in the NIT, but probably you've assured yourself of a home game. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just want to go crazy because it is March Madness and things are so unpredictable, and if things were predictable, we wouldn't care about March Madness. If you won three games, which then would be Indiana, then you would be on the bubble for the NCAA tournament playing on Saturday in Chicago, and you would see a huge swarm of cars from the state of Nebraska driving across Iowa, honking as you went by Iowa City and said, (laughs) money, money, make it rain, Gary Barnum. And you would drive into Chicago (laughs) and watch the Big Ten tournament. Yep. That's That's easy, right? Nebraska's got the hot hand. They've won six of eight, playing a lot better. Man, come on, Hoiberg. I just laid it out for you. We'll see you on Saturday. Now, if they do make it Saturday, I got three seats in my car. I'm driving to Chicago. Anybody wants to go. We'll scalp some tickets. We'll go. If they're playing on Saturday, I'm in Chicago. I got three seats in my car. Hey, I, I have uh, family we can stay with. Well, you, you got an obligation yeah. this week. You got, you got to stay back. Well, you, you yeah, got, I got, got hockey. Bigger, bigger deal going on. I got on. hockey. I yeah. have a feeling that'll be a three-day affair. But So, Saturday, if Nebraska's playing, I'm in Chicago, and I'll take the three uh, people with me. But that's the math. That's pretty easy, right? So we don't have to. Pay. So hopefully Saturday I have to pay no attention to John Templeland. He's probably a very nice guy. I'm sure he is. But I wonder what he actually does for a living. That at some point in your life you go, you know what? Nobody is uh, sees the NIT yeah. bracketology. So let me step up and fill a void in America's conscience. Well, let's let's <laughs> boil down the programs that and the fan bases that could really embrace NIT bracketology. Whether we're talking about John Templin or the Barking Crow, and what makes the difference? Give me, give me a little background on the Barking Crow. Uh, the, Seems to be your, you have a fascination with the Barking Crow. Uh, the Barking Crow just was the first thing that popped up when I was looking at NIT bracketology. Um, they have their, they they don't just do NIT, by the way. Oh, so they, he's a they also have NCAA? they also have an NCAA tournament bracketology. Is there well. a CBI or a CIT? Um, it looks like it ends with the invites. Yeah. You, so. know what, you know an area that is really underserved is the women's side. Like Charlie Cream, who does for ESPN, he's the only women's yeah. bracketologist that I see referenced. Yeah, I've never seen any other one. Um, but yes, the, the, um, the Barking Crow, if that does not grab your attention right there between that. a great that, name for a bar. The, the Barking yeah. Crow would be. It'd be a great yeah. name for a bar in Baltimore. The Barking. Oh yeah, and you'd have you like a bird drink right called there. the Edgar Allan Poe. Or mm. <laughs> oh, geez, can you imagine the shot if you have the Raven? Ooh, that would served be. by Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be scary for more reasons than one. Um, just think about the, the the fan bases that are maybe tuned in because the NIT is what they get excited about because you're a program that doesn't have a standard of the NCAA tournament, you know, even in a three out of five year span that the NIT is where you, and I don't think there's a lot. Okay. I'm, I'm being honest here. I don't, I don't think there's probably more than maybe 10% of college basketball fans. that would actually even really get into that, you know, a month in advance. I don't. I don't know when John Templin or when the Barking Crow starts putting out their NIT bracketology. But I would say is the following of such thing. Here we are, because you're right. I mean, this is this is progress for Nebraska basketball in the Fred Hoiberg era of seeing them and and potentially the NIT. So 
you kind of want to see where you stand. How many other programs, I guess that's the question, of where you would start to, with all of the different bracketology models out there, no matter who you listen to, no matter who you pay attention to at this time, how many people are tapping into the NIT bracketology? How many fan bases are not only tapping into no. the NIT bracketology, but they're excited, like, hey, by the way, do you see what John Temlin's got us? What, what, oh, I didn't see. Did he just drop one today? Yeah, yeah, he just dropped one today, and then I saw the Barking Crow is kind of similar. Uh, we might be heading to the NIT, and I like our draw. Our draw is pretty good. Because you don't want to mention it out loud. Nope. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Nebraska is uh, plus uh, 30,000 to win the Big Ten tournament. Seems reasonable. You have to win five games in five that days. value. But as of right Pays now, well. even, even with some bid stealers last night, uh, Nebraska is still an NIT bracket. Uh, we'll, we'll entertain and engage this a little bit more on Thursday morning if Nebraska beats Minnesota. And they're getting ready to play Maryland. But the beauty of this, unlike last year, going into that Northwestern game, they were playing good basketball going into that Northwestern game. There's actually postseason implications. Like, there's actually, gosh, please win. You know, the, the reason I was really bummed, other than the obvious of Nebraska, you know, faltering in the second half against Northwestern, was I was hoping that I would have, uh, on my previous stop, an abbreviated show. I'm like, oh, cool. Day off. <laughs> day off. I'm like, damn it, I got to work all day. This sucks. Now it's like, hey, they win because I'm with you. I think they're in. I think they're in the NIT. So you're watching that game tomorrow night. It's Nebraska-Minnesota. It's a Wednesday play-in game. It's going to be a sleepy crowd at the UC. That's being optimistic. Yeah. Because it's the late game, too. Mm. It's outside. I guarantee you there's not a Minnesota. All, all the Minnesota, University of Minnesota fans. Friends and family. They're either in into spring football and rowing the boat, or they're excited about their hockey squad. They could care less. They, they may not even know what time the Gophers play tomorrow night. Yeah, by the way, hockey, but we do. Hockey can win the national championship. Yeah, they're really good. Minnesota or Denver will win the national championship in hockey. Don't rule out RIT. Quinnipiac. But, anywho, uh, there's, we're all engaged tomorrow night. As, as much as you can be in a play-in game. Because it most likely puts Nebraska on the good side of the NIT. And that's progress. Are people more excited around here for potential postseason Nebraska basketball or spring football, which begins one week from Monday. Oh, I don't know. Matt Rule got it. Hmm. Got the uh, the juices going yesterday. Thomas Fedoni. Ah, uh, that's a good question. I think in the present, uh, I would lean towards Husker basketball. Because, quite frankly, this is the first time. I, look, the NIT is nothing to completely like roll your eyes about. Well, because the season was essentially over six weeks ago. It was. So We're talking about new coaches. I would say, at least in the present moment, knowing that spring ball is still after, you know, what, spring break's next week, so then you got spring ball. Yeah, I, I would say people are, are fully engaged on this thing. And you should be. It's fun. It's fun to follow this team right now. That's what it is. Fun. We like fun. Fun in a year when Nebraska's gone on the road and won three games as a double-figure underdog. Yeah. In Omaha, New Jersey, and Iowa City. Wow. I mean, I was told the season was over a week ago, so this is great. Yeah, I mean, people on this radio station, not me, told you guys that the season was over. 
I don't know. I didn't listen to them yesterday. I wonder if they wonder if they recounted. I don't care. Nebraska's playing tomorrow night, so I, they, they got they get they got the game still on the schedule. As you can they, see, I'm yes, being a little bit. You know, I mean, I just you know, people. The season ended after Michigan State. I don't know. My pocket schedule said one more game, and Nebraska won. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take them to the NIT game, or or they'll be the ones that are in the car with me going to Chicago there you on go. Uh, yeah. Saturday. All right, welcome. They got to buy everybody. gas then. Yeah. See, I'm going to be very edgy today about that. <laughs> I'm just going to be very very edgy about that. Uh, welcome in everybody on a uh, Tuesday. It is uh, mornings with uh, Sharp and Hanley and Gary. There's Nick and uh, Jimmy. Great lineup today. Fantastic lineup coming up. Hey, good at the uh, top of the seven o'clock hour. Doug Woodard, head coach of Bellevue West, the unbeaten T-Birds. Another quest for a state championship. They begin tomorrow at one thirty in Lincoln against Lincoln North Star. Uh, Doug will join us coming up at seven. Sam McEwen stops by at uh, seven thirty. BC at nine, and then D Rock Darren Devries. Drake is back in the NCAA tournament with an auto bid. They won the Missouri Valley Conference for the first time since 2008. He'll join us coming up at uh, 9.30 as they sit this week and try and figure out where they are going to go and what seed they will be. I've seen a lot where they are a 10 or 11, mm-hmm. more of an 11. And I'm sure that there will be some that go with the storyline of Creighton and Drake playing each other. I just don't see that. I'm seeing a lot of – I think Creighton has settled into a 6. I'm seeing a lot of opposite Gonzaga. On the other side, and one one side I looked at this morning, along with my NIT bracketologist <laughs> friends. Once you put the coffee down for that, uh, only one place still has them going to Des Moines, but I've seen them in Albany, Sacramento, yeah. Orlando. Ah, that's everywhere. Orlando would be a good place to go. I don't know that Albany would be fun to go in the middle of March. No, no. but Orlando would be. <clears throat> Orlando wouldn't be bad. I'm gonna take Orlando. Sacramento's not bad. The arena up there is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so D-Rock's coming up at uh, 9.30. Also learned something yesterday as I got to uh, this morning, got to meet my new friend, John. I feel like I now should reach out to him. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want I want the backstory of how, at what point in your life do you s- decide that's an area that is void in this mm-hmm. college basketball world. I'm going to break down the yeah. NIT brackets. What a corner of the market. Uh, people, so here's the thing and with Thomas Fedoni yesterday. And, and Thomas Fedoni... I think that is his first like official interview since he's been at Nebraska. Yeah. I've interviewed him a couple of times. And that's who he is. He is an extremely confident individual. He is a very curious individual, which sometimes can be good and bad. But he is somebody that always kind of has an edge. You know, if you've followed him on social media, people that, you know, have reached out to him about not playing, being injured, or possibly leaving. And he'll respond with some kind of video or a picture of him working out. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially, I'm not going anywhere. And a credit to him, loved his position coach, Sean Becton. Transition, I've been injured. What am I going to do? He has stuck around. And as evidence yesterday, he has turned into one of the top performers during winter conditioning. But he is really, really confident. And, and I don't think people have heard him before. But that's who I know as Thomas Fedoni. Like he, when he says, I want to be a first-round pick, I want to be the top tight end, yeah. he truly believes that and is going to find a way to at least get there as long as he's healthy. So some people are like, whoa, that guy is really, really that's, – that's who he's always been. I remember we interviewed him when he was at Council Bluffs Lewis Central. And after he was done uh, on the air with us, I was like, whoa. I mean, that, that's a 17-year-old kid that is pretty confident in his ability. That's why he's the number one tight end. But the other thing I learned yesterday, you know, he's got a very distinctive look. Uh, he's in great shape. 
fantastic shape. That knee must be great if what Rule was describing he's doing, that knee must be 100%, which is great for Nebraska and, and even better for him going into spring ball. But his look. So people said the the man bun. Yeah. Do you know that that's not what it's called this day? What is it called days? these days? It is called, I wrote this down, a top knot. A top knot. I did not know that. I like so that better gone, than a man bun. It has gone from the man bun to the top knot. That's how it is described. Okay. I need to transition into that because it's man bun. It's been thrown out there so many times, easy to use. Top knot. Now that's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. I think I think it's it has it has a more stronger appeal than man bun. Okay. It's it's just becoming a lot more. It's more common now too. Um, so the, the man the, bun. The the YMCA I go to is at Omaha Westview, and sometimes intersect with students either coming into the building or leaving the building as I'm mm-hmm. either going in or out. I would say out of on average of ten boys that either go in or out of the high school, I would say about three, maybe even four, maybe forty percent have the top knot. It's really popular. Now I believe when I was growing up, we'd we'd probably get razzed a bit for that. Yeah, so when we were growing up, it was a ponytail. Yeah, yeah. You never had it up top. It was always yeah, yeah in the back. So yeah, we never, we never did that. Now, for us that are uh, follically challenged, we've never been able to do that. <laughs> no. So we've gone from the ponytail to the man bun to whatever. I think Aaron Rodgers might be like in between. Yeah. To now yeah. it is the top knot. Yeah. Well, the Aaron Rodgers looks more of like a samurai look because you still kind of have the hair hanging yeah. down off the side, but then. In, there's a good majority of it pulled back. Looks like a samurai, something you'd see in the kung fu movies. Though he's a big dude. Yeah, he what is. He say he's between two fifty and two fifty five. Nebraska's going to have some monster tight ends if Eric Gilbert is. I can't imagine. I heard he was two eighty. There's no way he's going to play at two eighty. Nebraska's going to have some monster tight ends like in that Kelsey offense line. where they're asking him to block mm-hmm. and and also catch <clears throat> passes. But two fifty to two fifty five on Fedoni's frame. Hello, I mean, if 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 he can continue to make progress and do it on the field, and we're not talking about off the field in the rehab room, well, he could be scary. He could be what you thought he was going to be when Nebraska got him. And I, and again, I he's been he's the same person he's always been. Just yesterday was the first day that people got to listen to him. Went, dang, that guy's not cocky. He's just really really confident. Well, I, I don't want to say he went into Lincoln feeling like he didn't have anything to prove given what his accolades were at the prep level. But we, we've seen this before. When you're a five-star, four-star, heck, even a three-star, that's, that's talked about a lot, especially if you're coming from the area and you're going to that school. We've seen this in, in all sports where sometimes there's this, there's just sort of a different world of the work that it takes to be how you got recruited to the work it takes to kind of ascend at that level. And Thomas Fedoni didn't have a chance to really show much of that because he gets injured right away. And I just based on what I was hearing him talk about yesterday, not only a highly confident, but a highly motivated individual. And I'm not saying he wasn't when he was coming into Lincoln, but I think 
you you bring up maybe some people wondering, is he going to stick around? Where is he going to be on the depth chart? Thomas Fedoni seems like he's probably keeping tabs of that, that he's got that motivation, maybe even a little extra than what he already had. Because he talked about, at some point yesterday, he mentioned, you know, a a big uh, setback can lead to, you know, a major comeback. And he just seems like somebody who is out to prove that not only is the, the injuries, the health part of it, where it should be, but he's ready to kind of show everybody, remind everybody why he was recruited that way. I don't know him well enough to say, can he make good on the promise? All I know is he was a hell of a high school football player. I'm looking at him just like everybody else's yesterday. The dude looks like a fully grown man. What is like that? What, he looks like what a tight end should look like. He does. Yeah. And what does that mean? You know, the Satterfield offense. I know, and he was making reference to how they use the tight ends and the, the different, you know, versatile tight ends that Marcus Satterfield used even at South Carolina. All I know is this just seems like a dude who is out to prove something. And I'd rather have guys like that than you know, really good athletes that get into their situation and become complacent. He seems like he is not only embracing what he had to go through with the two knee injuries, but what is in front of them. And that's that, that should be exciting for that position group, but I think for a lot of Nebraska fans mm-hmm. that were extremely excited two years ago when he made the announcement to come to Nebraska. Uh, some good nuggets yesterday out of uh, Matt Rule's uh, media availability with uh, Thomas Fedoni and uh, Chief Borders. I think that's going to be a regular. There's a lot of transparency in the program. And I think we're going to see that moving forward with the direction of Matt Rule. They always explain the why. They do things and they explain the why. That hasn't happened a lot around here when it comes to the relationship between Nebraska football and the media. Uh, we'll get into some of the other things that Matt Rule said yesterday. And uh, also dive into the line that he used, before we can teach, we have to learn, and how important practice is. I don't even think I heard Tom Osborne talk about the importance of practice like Matt Rule did <laughs> yesterday. And also one final thing on Fedoni. We're going to have to walk through. It's a weird, and he may have misspoke of who coaches were hollering at. Right. But his description yeah. of last year and coaches hollering about his inavailability, there were some things that were not adding up. I think he misspoke on coaches weren't hollering at him but hollering about the situation yeah. that he was not medically cleared to play but could practice because that was a weird mm-hmm. weird scenario and um, I'm not I don't know if everybody was comfortable with him revealing that but um, are we surprised that there was disconnect between on field and upstairs? No, and there was I'm I'm glad that there was some follow up when he did bring that up of like well who was was it trainer coaches and he kind of, his response to that was also kind of interesting because he said, "Well, I, you know, coach, he goes, I, I don't really know what they're doing right now." So that would to me, I'm like, hmm. yeah, I think he first said they were. He made it. He implied that they were hollering at him, which I think he just yeah. misspoke. It sounded to me more like the coaches on last year's staff were upset at the doctors for not clearing yeah. him, and they let it be known during practice especially yeah because when he was talking about working against the scout team and that he was doing a lot of good things and the coaches the way he described it at that point seemed like they were just frustrated that he couldn't be on the field because he was doing such good things in those moments in practice too that yeah that's that I I think that's important to at least draw from that that he wasn't necessarily calling it wasn't like saying Scott Frost was trying to put him in harm's way but that there was obviously 
between coaching staff and maybe medical personnel some some disconnect there i mean it would have would have made sense he wasn't they weren't the only uh, Nebraska coaches that were upset at medical doctors last year as well. Mm-hmm. That guy was on the other side of Memorial Stadium. All right, 634, great lineup. Uh, coming up at uh, 7 o'clock, Doug Woodard, head basketball coach at Bellevue West. The T-Birds, unbeaten. There are very few teams that have gone through the regular season unbeaten in Class A. Bellevue West has done that. They need three more to hoist a uh, championship. Uh, coach Woodard will join us coming up at 7. Uh, Sam McEwen, Brian Christopherson, and Darren DeVries. Yes, Darren DeVries coming up at 9.30, all part of the lineup brought to you by the Rooferies at John Higgins WeatherGuard. Off and running, glad to have you in on a Tuesday morning with Nick, Jimmy, and Gary on 1620 The Zone. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.